Christmas is a time for caring, being at your best. Christmas is a time for sharing, knowing you've been blessed. There are the haves and the have-nots, and you could be either one. Who are you? Well, Angel. What do you want from me? Change. What you're doing now is such a low blow. Demolishing the lives of all the people you know. The deadline to be out of your homes is now Christmas Eve. Gotta get out of this town. Christmas on the square. There's no reason to wait Everybody's around. There. I know it's the time I lose my mind if I don't get out of this town. that light and it will lead you to the part of you you lost what might that be the part that can be happy christmas is a time for caring being at your best christmas is a time for sharing knowing you've been blessed christmas is a time for angels making things all right oh what And welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Stocking Stuffers 2020. It would not be a stocking stuffer um, without the goddess of Christmas and all things. Of course, you know who I'm talking about, that, uh, talking about, and we'll, we'll go through that. Um, today, we are going to talk about Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, the most anticipated holiday movie of 2020, nay, the most anticipated movie of 2020. I cannot handle this alone. Um, it, it would be dangerous because I would probably go on for, for hours and hours on end. Instead, I have brought in the big guns to tackle this with me. Uh, one of the, the landmarks of film podcasting, uh, one of my heroes, none other than the projection booths, Mike White. So you're worried about going on for hours and hours when I'm infamous for that, (laughs) You know, I should have taken that into consideration. I I hope you packed a meal. Um, (laughs) I I have water near me, but I did not work out the bathroom situation. So this could get messy, but I think it's going to be worth it. Uh, Mike, what is your... Before we dive into this um, mammoth of a, a Christmas movie, what is your relationship... First, before we get to the goddess of all things, Dolly, your relationship to made-for-TV Christmas movies. I have a very passing relationship Mm -hmm. with them. Though I will say that one of my favorite all-time Christmas movies, I believe, is a made-for-TV Christmas film. And that is An American Christmas Carol with Henry Winkler and the Ebenezer Scrooge role. I'm don't think that ever got a theatrical release and it just screams that it was made for tv is that's not the one with like john voight and the like that that's not the one that hates socialism right no, no okay that's an american carol yes i, I always get one. those confused <laughs> and i'm not thinking no, to no, myself very, very what an odd movie this to be one, one of mike this... white's favorites <laughs> This is, 
the the Henry Winkler one is actually really good. And there's a scene in there where he uh, is talking about the stick and that, you know, you have to use your imagination and it could be a ball or a bat or it could be, uh, you know, a baton for uh, the leader of the band. He's just like going through all the it was such a great movie. And Henry Winkler, I mean, he's fantastic. And he's in this old age makeup, which makes him look nothing like he looks today. So it's kind of funny. Like, <laughs> He got nowhere near, but it, it's you, great. You always have to wonder when actors do that. Like, do they think this is their preview of what they'll look like? And then they find out, no, actually. It, I, yep. I, when you get old, it doesn't look like you have a lot of putty on your face. <laughs> so you so you're, you know, you don't, like, turn the Hallmark Channel on and, and put on your this is my Hallmark watching t-shirt and break out the, you know, Hallmark movies and chill wine glasses to watch a uh you know a working woman discover the meaning of christmas no i've missed that boat i don't know what happened but i mean the closest i get is watching some of the it's either lifetime or hallmark like the uh, detective series that they'll do yeah. so like murder she Shield baked detectives. that kind of thing yeah, yeah. exactly but mm-hmm. that's about it i i haven't gotten into the whole christmas movie things but i've i've admired it and you for your uh, passion for it from <laughs> afar. Uh, it's, it's, that's one word for it. So the movie today is not your typical made-for-TV Christmas movie. For one thing, it's made for Netflix, it's, and it's had to be, have been made with a fair amount of money. Uh, and while it will fit very well in our tropes, and as we run through the list of the things we look for in these movies, most of them are there. Um, But it is so much more than that. Now I'm going to ask you the second question and understand that if you answer it wrong, um, you will be decapitated by some very serious force that I'm able to project all the way from New York. What are your feelings on Dolly Parton? Oh, I love Dolly. Okay. Okay. Dolly is, she is as close to a saint as America has. Oh God, yeah. I've loved her from when I was just a a small boy. One of my favorite movies when I was growing up, probably very inappropriate for me to be watching, was 9 to 5. Nice. Absolutely loved it. Mm -hmm. And I can't say that I have necessarily glommed on to her music, but just her and her presence. I love every interview she gives. She's just, God, she embodies the word sweet. Yeah. And... I mean, she is beyond everything. Uh, great actress, great songwriter. Even if you're not a country music fan, uh, her she wrote Jolene and um, I Will Always Love You in the same night. Just think about that for a moment. Two completely yeah. different songs that are two of the best songs within their categories. Same, same writer, same day. Uh, also, you know, wonderful humanitarian, uh, genuinely talented musician. I saw her in concert, I guess it was two years ago when she was doing a tour. She played, I think, seven different instruments throughout the course of wow. the evening. Yeah. And like sang every word, you know, was, was there just fully, fully in like giving a concert in a way that you dream about a good person giving a concert. Um, also saves the world, brought, you know, saved Tennessee, brought Dollywood in there, um, don't, you know, donates money anytime a good cause needs money, got kids reading with the Imagination Library, and also gave a million dollars to Moderna, who now may have the cure for the coronavirus. So, the greatest person, I think, alive in our time. Uh, and also, 
the now producer and writer and star of Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. I didn't realize, I just looked up, I saw 9 to 5 when I was 8 years old, and I saw <laughs> Best Little Whorehouse in Texas when I was 10 years old. <laughs> well, you know, I feel like Best Little Whorehouse is not sold at, I remember seeing it on the video shelf and thinking, wait, like, why is that movie in comedy? Like, that seems like I'm not supposed to look at that title, but then you watch it and you're like, oh, this is the sweetest little movie about a whorehouse you ever did see. Oh, yeah. I know. And the other thing I like about Dolly is that she is so self-deprecating. Like, just to hear her joke about herself, her Mm -hmm. wigs, her boobs, everything, it just, she has that public image, and then she just makes fun of it all the time. You can't say a bad thing about her because she said all the bad things about herself. Exactly. Uh, I think that all applies to Christmas on the Square as well. A movie that is something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so um I I'm going I'm going to you know kind of kind of give out what I, what I feel about it. This is kind of terrible, but it is everything I have ever wanted in my life. And I think of all the Christmas movies I have covered and now we're in our 6 year of stocking stuffers, which means I don't know, 6 times 12, like I'm probably up in like 70s. This is the one that I will probably rewatch the mo- like this is might be the only one I'll ever rewatch. <laughs> Because this is something. Yeah, it's it's like it's a hidden Christian movie. Like it, it really plays into yeah, it, that. It does. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's Christmas and Christian stuff. It kind of goes together, but it doesn't necessarily have to play into it as heavily as maybe this one does. Like I it think does, some but of it doesn't. Is... Like it. You're right. There. It, this is definitely a Christian movie, mm-hmm. but. It also, like, kind of doesn't, like, there is a priest character in there the entire time, but then it's, like, the very end, they make it a little more Christian, but it's, I don't know, it's it's a very odd um, dose of Christianity, I guess. The way it is just, it's like they had a bottle of Christianity, and they had no idea how to um, even that out throughout the film. So they have, like, a glob of it, and then at the end, they just dump the rest of it on top. <laughs> It really, it's it's cost to entry with the opening few numbers. I would say probably the first 20 <laughs> minutes of this film. Man, I didn't think I was going to be able to make it through this film. I thought I was going to have to call you up and say, listen, just can't I appreciate the offer, <laughs> but I can't do it. Oh, you would have been the, the first walk-off. You would have been, oh. what was the guy, like the first guy to leave Survivor. Like you would have been that guy. So this uh, now going into this, I didn't know much. I just knew, oh, Netflix is doing a Christmas movie that Dolly that Dolly is involved in. Now, last year that meant something terrible. Last year, Hallmark did Christmas at Dollywood, which sounds great, right? A Hallmark movie set in Dollywood. Dolly would have a small part in it, and it is actually filmed at Dollywood. Everything I want. And Dollywood is a big Christmas destination. They decorate like crazy. So I was so excited last year. That was the one that I, I had my husband watch with me because I'm like, oh, you know, you, like you hear me do all these, but you've never sat, like really sat down and watched it. Let's, let's you guest on this episode. And I don't want to say it's the closest I've come to being threatened with divorce, but we got pretty close because huh. it was terrible. It was just so boring, so blah, nothing happened. It felt like it was five hours long. So I was a little concerned this year because I'm thinking, oh, God, I don't know, Dolly, you burned me once. What's going to happen now? 
But then I'm like, wait, Christine Baranski, Treat Williams, Jennifer Lewis, like, this is something. I didn't know it was a full-out musical. And can I tell you how excited I was when I realized it was going to be not just a full-out musical, but a full-out terrible musical. And then you've got Debbie Allen in the director's chair. So and choreographer's better chair. Believe, better believe there's going to be a lot of dancing in this so movie. So much dancing. At least in this opening. Like I said, mm-hmm. this opening really took me aback. And I was like, oh, God, if this is the whole <laughs> movie. It's a little much. Uh, so let's run through the plot so everybody kind of, so the few who decide not to watch this I don't know I, I, you're crazy if you don't um, but those that don't let's tell you okay this is a movie about a fictional town on a soundstage called was it Fullerville Fullerton Fullerton I F- think yeah um, I think it's supposed to be in Kansas okay and the uh every, it's a very sweet cute town everybody loves everybody except for regina fuller regina fuller is played by christine baranski she is a cruel corporate businesswoman born in the town but she left it when she was 17 she's come back because her, because her father's dead and she has to come kind of close out some things i guess her father owned the town seems to be the way that worked and she has sold the town to a mall cheetah mall no less uh, she is trying to evict everybody by Christmas, but um, of course, you know, you can't just have a Scrooge on Christmas. She needs some help. So it turns out her assistant is actually an angel who is sort of like a low-level angel, but who is employed under um, a, a more top angel, played by Dolly Parton, who's also a homeless woman in town. And um, they have to try to change Regina's mind uh, along to help is Treat Williams, who was her boyfriend in high school. But we find out Regina left town because she got pregnant in high school by a different guy. Her father made her have the baby and give it up for adoption. So mm-hmm. she left never to come back, uh, has finally returned, has a change of heart after she discovers her son is actually the town reverend. And she saves the town and now has a son. And that is Christmas on the Square, only with a lot less singing and dancing. Yes, they have to change her heart. So mm-hmm. then that can change. Sorry, she changes her heart so that can change her mind. Yes, yes. And, it, you know, again, you can't just do that in dialogue. You need a lot of singing. You need a lot of and talent. Let me tell you, there is some good talent here. There are Broadway stars. There are, you know, people that you'd recognize. Um but you know in fairness to the movie every everybody's doing their own singing everybody's doing their own dancing you have a i guess dance not dancing with the stars um what's the other dancing show that people watch so you think you can dance so you think you can yeah dance. i think yeah. the you know the assistant angel is was a champion on that show um you have douglas sills who's a big broadway guy who plays her christine baranski's father like this does have a lot of a talent here um it's just it's got it's got a lot there's a lot here to unload it's packed to the gills with stuff because it's kind of it's a wonderful life mashed up Mm -hmm. with a christmas carol yes yes and i have no problem with that in concept Mm because i mean you know if you're going to do a tried and true christmas story sure do two of the best ones what sitcom has not done both of those stories at a christmas episode at some point yeah because she's scrooge and mr potter all rolled into one character yeah yeah only she also sings right and 
she has this horrific backstory. I once they got into the backstory, I was like, oh my god, it gets really dark really, really quickly and like and, weird. Oh yeah, and you suddenly you feel for this woman like you never could feel for her before because before that she's just a cartoon character. Yes. Well, I know is it, it's important. You you can't you know. No monster is born, Mike. Monsters are made. And they can be unmade, especially with the help of angels. Damn it. So to, oh. to really kind of wrap our, our, our arms around this, this giant hug of a movie, if you will, uh, let's get into the Christmas tropes that we look for in these. Because most of them are here one way or another. The first is our lead in need of a lesson, which is typically a career woman or a uh, kind of mousy ingenue who's like going to teach everybody about Christmas. And in this case, we have a lead who needs to learn a lot of stuff. And that is Regina, played by Christine Baranski. And would you count uh, Felicity, her angel in training, as the uh, mousy ingenue? She's our mousy ingenue. I think she'll kind of play into our sassy sidekick, which we get to later. Yeah. Um, but so Regina, you know, she is my favorite. This is my favorite kind of lead is when she is like a corporate, like just went, like the worst kind of working woman. That That's what I look for in these. They're so much more rewarding when their hearts get melted and they give up everything they've worked for in order to be happy in a Christmas town. Well, yeah. And she finally gets the guy. She gets Treat <laughs> Williams and the son and the daughter-in-law. And then am I right in thinking that they, they've been having trouble having kids, yes. the pastor and his wife. Yes. But I think at the end, we're supposed to imply that they're going to have a baby after that. Oh, Is I that think right? Dolly Parton magically inseminates the um, the preacher's wife with uh, like magic dust. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally have, say, have that. Josh Sorensen as the preacher, really good looking guy. Handsome Not man. much going on behind the face. No, I mean, nice singing voice. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, you know... Typically, when you're looking for men in these movies, um, you're not really going to find, like, your Michael Shannons and your Dennis Hoppers. Like, you're not finding the talent with interesting faces. You're finding really bland, handsome faces with nothing behind it. That, that's kind of how it works here. And I like that his wife was a plus-size lady. I was very happy yeah. about that. So I was really excited by that. Um, that actress is Mary Lane Haskell, and she she looked familiar. She was in um, the Dolly Parton, the other Dolly Parton Christmas movies, which were The Code of Many Colors, the ones that were made for NBC two and three years ago. Uh, she played the teacher in that. I was very excited because it's very rare to see a larger woman like in a role where it's not kind of pointed out that she's larger and again her husband's really hot uh she is this kind of takes something away she's very good in it she has a beautiful singing voice she is the daughter of um one of the other actresses in it and the producer of the movie so Uh, yeah i know i know disappointing but i like i like the concept of it i wish i hadn't done a little bit of research that must happen to you all the time because you research things so much that like you think you that something's really neat and then you find out the reason behind it and you've got to be disappointed yeah definitely yeah uh now the next thing um we tend to find here are is a very particular setting we either get a big bad city, a magical or a magical winter wonderland, a fake European country, or a charming small town. Which obviously, in this case, charming small town filmed on a soundstage. 
Yes. Yes. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yes. With especially like, that opening number. Which oh, just that opening goes on forever, and <laughs> yeah, it looks really, really fake, and the snow looks fake. Everything is just set up that way, but yeah. Yeah. Um. It. It is the song that I would like to have playing in place of. I think a lot of the other public domain holiday songs that you hear around this time of year. I want that one. Okay. I'll no more it. no more silver bells. No more uh wish we wish you a Merry Christmas. I want Christmas on the square day and night. I kinda like the song uh of where they were just saying what a horrible person Christine Baranski is. I you know, at a certain point, because in the beginning I'm thinking, Oh, this is gonna be pure a Christmas carol. We're gonna have ghosts of Christmas past, present and future. So I was like, Ooh, what if they model the entire thing on a Muppets Christmas Carol and we get like the official Scrooge song? And we kind of do, but it's not, it doesn't reach the heights that I was hoping for there. Yeah, and that's why I posted on Facebook that I hate you just a little. <laughs> uh, th- this movie has enriched your life. You'll you'll see it. You will see it. <laughs> now, number three is our bland love interest. And in this case, let's talk a little bit about Treat Williams. I'm a big yeah. fan of Treat Williams. Have um, I, You have interviewed everybody. Have you ever interviewed him? I have tried so many times. Oh, I did. Uh, I'm doing an episode on hair pretty soon, <gasps> oh, so you are, definitely right. know his singing and dancing chops. Oh, and uh, he's so sexy in hair. Oh, if yeah. you interview him, tell him I said that. And then we did Dead Heat. I wanted to get him on for yeah. Dead Heat because I figured he would have some good Joe Piscopo stories to tell. Yeah. Uh, if you follow him on Twitter, he seems like a delight. He he seems like a, I mean he's I, I don't know how old he is now. He's probably in I guess his like early sixties maybe. Um, he's he's very um, very liberal, very anti-Trump, um, and seems really earnest about all of it. And it's kind of mm-hmm. adorable. So I like that Carl, his character in this movie, kind of makes me think. Oh, that's that's probably what Treat Williams would be like if he ran a general store that sold creepy doll antiques. <laughs> Because I think it is a general store, but yet primarily his his goods are creepy dolls, which I have no problem with, of course. Yeah, yeah, it feels like it's a secondhand store instead of a general store, but he insists on calling it a general store. And yeah, Baranski's having none of it. Just like, why do you have all this garbage in here, including the lamp, the lantern that my father had? Now, do we need to talk about just how creepy and kind of sad it is that... When he was 17, he fell in love with a girl in high school who promptly left, never to return, and he stayed in town for the next 35 years, um, stalking her from afar, like going to visit her, her dad and occasionally buying things from him that reminded him of his love when he was a junior in high school. Yeah, and he's almost literally holding a candle for her. Yeah. Like, there's always that sense of sad... What's something I hate about these movies that every movie does is make this... Um, you know, it, they're very much in belief that your first love is your real love. That no matter what, deep down, the person you fell in love with when you were 16 is the person you were meant to be with. Just imagine if everybody in life, if tomorrow... Thanos snaps his fingers, and instead of, like, 50 pe- 50% of people disappearing, um, everybody is suddenly back together with the first person they fell in love with. Can you oh, imagine what Lord. a terrible world that would be? 
Oh, good lord. <laughs> Just like, that's that's a movie right there. Like, that is a truly terrible apocalypse. And that's what these movies want to do. So even in this case, like, it, I'm sorry. It, Treat Williams seems like a lovely man in this movie. He's, you know, he's a handsome store proprietor. Seems friendly. Everybody in town likes him. But just, how interesting can he be in bed if this is what he has spent his life doing? Is just thinking about you as you moved states away and became a completely different person. Yeah. Did he ever have a second girlfriend? Did he ever even have sex with anybody? I, I don't think so, based on the movie. They're all very Christian. It seems like it would be weird for them to do. Oh. <sighs> anyway. The next thing, number four, is the montage. Uh, you know, this is a tricky one because it's a musical, so everything is sort of, you know, uh, everything is moved along quicker because it is a musical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of cross-cutting, a lot of this person singing, we're going to jump over to this house and the same, you know, a different person is yep. singing the same song. Yeah. Um, there is the the long flashback montage to... Regina's high school prom gone terribly, terribly wrong. Um, boy, is that a weird scene. Oh, man. And, like, there's also this, like, I don't know, like, there's all, like, weird flash. Her relationship with her dad is really, makes me very uncomfortable. Like, yeah, I don't know. There, there, there are certain things that you can look very darkly at this film. Uh, but then there's dancing. So how can you really complain? Yeah. And I guess those flashbacks are the closest we get to the proper Ebenezer Scrooge, you know, show me no more spirits kind of thing. And that's why I totally thought that's what we were getting. But, uh, you know, instead we we get this. It's it's something. Uh, The next one, number five, is my my favorite of the bunch. And that is the dead parents or dead wife. Uh, We don't get a dead spouse here, but we definitely get dead parents play a key role here i don't remember any mention of the mother i mostly just remember the father-daughter relationship i think you're right i you know i could have sworn she this is why i try really hard to only watch one movie at a time because i do these and i you know kind of record them you know day next day next day and i try very hard to not have watched not to watch another movie until I record the episode for the for another movie because otherwise things get mixed in my head because they're all the same. And on one hand, I'm thinking, no, I think they said the mom was dead. But on the other, I didn't write it down, and I think you're right. I don't think they mentioned the mother at all. If I had, if I were to just take a shot in the dark, I would say she ran off. Ooh, I, I like don't know that. why, but maybe that's what happened. It just, I mean, I probably would if I had to live in this town. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, um, her dad is dead. The dad was a key figure in the town. Um, also, I love, I love really um, clear, concise exposition in these movies. And the opening when we first see, when Regina first meets her secret son, uh, he says to her, I haven't seen you since your father's funeral six months ago. What a beautiful line of dialogue. We establish she's got a dead dad. We establish how long it's been since she's been in town. That's, yeah. I mean, that's good writing right there. You can't. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That That's the way. If you're going to write a screenplay, that's yeah. the way you should do it. I mean, I know you've interviewed, like, Oscar-winning screenwriters, but mm-hmm. come on, Mike. That's something right there. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember William Goldman saying something like that. Not to me, personally, but I think in, in one of his uh, many lectures, I think he was like, this is what you want to do. Yeah. 
And that's just one line of so many. Like, that's a taste. If you want more of that kind of stellar dialogue, it goes throughout this entire film. <laughs> and sometimes set to music. <laughs> oh, hey, number six is our sassy sidekick, um, which, uh, yeah, here, you know, we said Felicity, but, and, and I, I hate, I hate using the term sassy when we are going to talk about a very um, big personality black woman, mm-hmm. but you don't put Jennifer Lewis in a movie and not have her be the sassy sidekick. Oh, yeah. She is sassy with a capital S. Oh, yeah. Uh, love it. Uh, she has a song that is the, I think, maybe probably my favorite song in the movie, which is when she is, because it's also a makeover song, and I, I love a good makeover scene where mm-hmm. she's supposed to be cutting Christine Baranski's hair, but she is pissed off at Christine Baranski. So yes. as she's like doing it, a really bad job of it, she sings her big song, and the song, I don't know what it's called, but it's all about how girlfriends have to tell each other the truth. It's a pretty great moment. It's wonderful. Like, and even the way this movie is, like, the opening credits presented as, like, starring Dolly Parton, Jennifer Lewis, a bunch of other people, and Christine Baranski. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which I kind of love that they're like, no, put Jennifer Lewis out front. That's what people came here for. She does a stellar job. Yeah. I mean, you... Like you, she, she is a treasure. She really is. Um, I think I probably like was introduced to her via Shangela doing her on RuPaul's Drag Race. Nice. And there is yeah. a little bit like watching her do anything. Like I'm just seeing Shangela do it, and it somehow yeah. feels right. Like I love a woman, and Dolly Parton's like this too. A woman that is almost more drag queen than a drag queen's impersonation of her. Yes. Yeah, it's yes. a beautiful, beautiful thing. <laughs> Uh, now, number seven is our evil woman character who is or grumpy boss. In this case, our evil woman is, of course, our lead in need of a lesson. Who is kind of a grumpy boss as Who's well. a grumpy boss, totally. Uh, number eight is slapstick, which um, I, don't, now, I don't know if you felt differently. I feel like because this is a big dancing musical, there was far less than I would normally have in a movie like this. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I, I really didn't see them going for the cheap laughs right right there's a running gag that i do want to mention um because they're like sideline story to this movie one of the other things that melts regina's heart is she meets this very precocious young girl uh who's just like the bartender's daughter she has a connection with her and then the little girl almost dies in a car accident uh and um regina ends up like paying to fly a doctor in to save her life but the slapstick I wanted to mention isn't so much that, but it's the, there's a running gag where the doctor keeps trying to find Regina because apparently she needs to get like a brain scan and she might have, might have like a brain tumor. So the doctor is trying to call her. He's trying to find her. She just keeps avoiding it. And they just keep having her almost hit the doctor with her car. Yes. Right? Like, And it's kind of played for laughs because it's like, whoa, you need, maybe you do need a brain scan because you don't know how to drive. Which would be funny if we didn't also have a a young girl almost killed in a car accident. Yes. yes. <laughs> Mike yeah, White, how do you not love this movie? The car, I thought for sure it'd be Christine Baranski. <laughs> yeah, right. Come on. Uh, no, number nine is our sage old person. I guess maybe if you want to consider that that diary that she finds or the family bible that she finds then that's a note from her father in there that's kind of sagacious 
would would you not call Dolly Parton a sage old person as as the angel named Angel? Well, I wouldn't call her an old person. That's fair. That is reasonable. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dolly is plays like an angel. Now, this is not her first time playing an angel in a Christmas movie, by the way. Uh, there was a movie from like 1995 called, I think it's Unlikely Angel, where she plays a Christmas angel. Um, she, the opening of this movie, we said Christmas on the square, but before that, there is a like solo number where it's Dolly Parton dressed like a homeless woman. Mm-hmm. Um, did that? What? How did you feel about that number? Did it make you think about anything else? Maybe another popular musical that came out in the theaters at the end of last year. Oh God, I'm not picking up what you're throwing down. Mm. Um, you know, there's Dolly, and she's in this like gray kind of raggy costume. She's Are sitting you there. About cats? <laughs> yes, didn't she remind you of Grisabella? You were you not getting Grisabella the glamour cat vibes from Dolly Parton in the opening of this movie? <laughs> I avoided everything to do with cats other than the <gasps> bad reviews. Oh, you missed an experience. An experience. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's what the costume was modeled on. Um, it's lovely. It's it's Dolly playing a homeless woman, and she is the most glamorous homeless woman you ever did see. Yeah, I mean, the hair was a little off, and that's I what suppose. Yeah. You know, got me for, for Dolly, because she is so glamorous. But yeah, and I do like that she's holding the sign that says change, but she's actually not looking for spare change. Mm. She wants to change your heart. God, this movie is so many layers. So many. Deep. Ugh. It's, it's, I'm telling you, this is going to be a perennial classic. Perennial, Deep. Mike. But yeah, she has a lot of wisdom, and she's not only giving it to Christine Baranski, but also giving it to her sidekick mm-hmm. Angel, who who uh, is in training. So that's good. Yeah. yeah. And and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, everybody needs to learn something, you know. Uh, and Dolly's there to teach him. Of course. Now, number ten is Santa Claus, which we don't get, which is disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, although, I mean, Regina does get a pretty big Christmas gift at the end. That's true. Yeah, which is her son. Hey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because again, nobody can have an abortion in these movies. I don't know if you're aware of that. No. Yes, yes. <laughs> God, no. We did say this is a Christian film. Yes, of course, of course. <laughs> Although in fairness, look, Dolly Parton is very, pretty famously apolitical. She tries, like, she, she has spoken very, 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 um, you know, with heart about gay marriage. But when it comes to, like, anything else, she kind of just stays away from saying anything. But she has a song, I forget what it's called, like, she has written songs that are about women's rights to choose and an abortion gone wrong and stuff like that. So, you know, she's, I believe if it was necessary for the story, it would have been there. Uh, but instead, it's a key element, because we have to find out that, you know, she has a hot, bad acting, good dancing preacher son. Yeah. Isn't that the dream of every woman who gave up a child for adoption when she was 16? Woman every man's dream true, too true yeah uh so now we're into the bonus rounds i would say we made nine out of ten of these ones uh the bonus round though is where we can add points and um maybe less so than others but uh, it makes up for it so the first one that we generally have in every one of these movies are a whole lot of public domain holiday songs however this is an original musical that's right. I don't know that we get them here. I don't think I heard anything other than songs that were written for this. Yeah, which, you know, say whatever you want about the quality of some of the songs, but it's not easy to write a whole musical. Um, 
And I was confused, and I still haven't quite figured it out. I assumed this was based on a stage show at Dollywood. Uh, because Dollywood does, like any big amusement park, they do have those, like, 20 to 40 minute, you sit down and there is a, uh, you know, a, a full production in front of you that is obviously not a 90 to two, ninety minute to two hour Broadway show, but is a, an original music with some kind of story that's usually very Tennessee based. I just assumed this was one of those that was turned into a movie, but I can't seem to find any information that supports that. So this may have come in... Fair, like maybe it was an maybe some of it was from an older show, but all of this whole as a movie, I think is is was pretty quickly done. If you can believe that, yeah, it, it's weird. I looked up the uh, woman who uh, comes up with the teleplay credit mm-hmm. and the uh, co-writing for this, and she does not have very many writing credits. So yeah, which makes um, me think like she's probably more employed as a you know, as a Dollywood talent person, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Right. So her writing stuff for Dollywood would make a lot more sense because she has a ton of producing credits, but after 2000, like little or nothing. Mm-hmm. So I would say maybe 2000, 2001, yeah. she gets a job at Dollywood and yeah. starts doing these. So there's those at Dollywood. There's also um, Dolly's Stampede Dinner, which formerly uh, Dixieland Stampede, which is also like dinner theater. It's medieval times, but about the South. Nice. And that is also songs and, you know, displays and kind of like a circus, but with music. So there's probably a lot of other ways, other, it's something we forget, I think, um, is we're, we're also used to like movies and plays and, and, you know, theater being what we think of as entertainment. But there's that whole world of like, corporate theater and theme park theater and all these other worlds where there is songwriting and you know choreography and the stuff that goes on that we just never think of as being viable artistic career choices but maybe it was something like that yeah Uh, now the next thing on the list is the cloying cock blocking child typically we have an annoying kid um, or sometimes a cute kid, but something that often happens is that the kid seems to keep getting in the way of um, other characters. Rom- like two characters are about to hook up, and then the cute kid shows up and just seems to keep interrupting them. Um, we don't get that so much, probably because I think Regina really doesn't want to have sex with Carl for very good reason. But I would say we do have kind of a precocious child, if you will. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Violet, the bartender. Um, who sits there? Um, I have so um, so to keep my memory fresh. I have this movie playing in the background right now on mute, and I'm at the scene where she is serving Christine Baranski whiskey. Yeah, adorable it, family entertainment. It's a thing. Yeah, it is a thing. And I had forgotten this, but Violet has a dead mom. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Dead yeah. Parent, right there. Yep. Yep. So we, we do. Yeah, we get well, both. And that whole plays into how awful Baranski is as well, right? Because like. Wasn't it something, something, they closed down the local pharmacy mm-hmm. and then they had to drive 40 miles to get the medicine and then the car crashed on the way back. Yep, yep. Oh yeah, Christine Baranski killed her mother is, yeah. is where we're at, definitely. Uh, now the next thing is ice skating and I'm disappointed to say we don't have it, but we do have roller skating just in the background because... You know, people are dancing. Why shouldn't they be on roller skates? Oh, yeah. They got to have a lot of movement in that yeah. opening. Oh, yes. My goodness. I have no problem with that again. Like, I-, I love a good gag where you just have, like, chaos and then somebody, like, runs by on roller skates. 
that always will make me laugh. So I don't think it was meant to, but it did make me smile. Uh, Canadianisms or signs that the movie was filmed in summertime. Now, in this case, I would say plenty of signs that it was filmed on a soundstage. Yeah. Yep. And it looks like it was all pre-COVID. So probably not this summer if it was shot in summer. Mm -hmm. Yes, very true. Yeah, and um, I'm looking at the lack of, like, coats being worn. And this, I I want to say they said they're in Kansas, but I, I don't know if I misheard that. No, Apparently, no, you it totally just... heard it right. Okay, good, good, good. talking about the, the mall is going to be in the middle of the right. United States. Ah, uh, okay. Like, the Mall of America, they, you mean? But yeah, not. I think they mean the contiguous United States. I don't think they mean, or sorry, the con- not the continental, the, because it's just the, the contiguous. Contiguous, yeah. 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 Because they're not going to make adjustments for Hawaii and Alaska. I find it very surprising that this is not based in Tennessee. And and it's just weird to me to see a Dolly property where it's not about Pigeon Forge or the Smoky Mountains. And especially because it's Kansas, but there's nothing about this that's Kansas other than the fact that they have like two lines that say they're in the middle of the country. Very strange. Yeah. Odd choice. Otherwise, there's no reason to know where this thing is taking place. Right, because everybody's accent is slightly different. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the next thing is a character with a Christmas-related name. Um, so we don't have, like, our Eves or Hollies or anything like that. Uh, I believe Dolly Parton says her name is Angel, which, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, she's an angel and it's Christmas, so maybe, maybe we'll count that. Uh, Christmas tree lighting, usually there's a big scene where the whole town watches the Christmas tree turn on. No, but we do have a very important light, as you said. Yep, that's true. Yep, that lantern is is really the uh, the rosebud of this movie, if you will. <laughs> I And I missed where he got the book from. I happened to just like look down, and then all of a sudden this voiceover started. I was like, what, <laughs> what the hell's going on? I had to rewind it and watch that scene again. Hey, man, they, they're not going to spoon feed you, okay? This isn't Hallmark. This is Dolly Parton's Netflix. You pay attention to these, this movie. That's right. I should have sat there like Alex the Large with my eyes pinned open and just like, <laughs> yes, I'm here for it. See, I could picture like if I was ever sent to hell, I could see hell being like this and cats on loop and them thinking that that would be hell for me and me just sitting there being like, oh, this is so great. Thank you. <laughs> Like, I could watch this again and again and again, even though I know it's not good. Yes, you're right, as an American. This is true. This is true. Now, the next thing is karaoke, which we don't have, but it's a musical. So yeah. if nothing else, I'm really hoping they put out the sing-along version of this at some point. Wow. Right? With, like, the bouncing ball and, yeah. I, I could I could see it. You could do community theater versions of this. There's a lot of parts. Oh, yeah, I can totally see them adapting this. Yeah. And there's and something else, too. I get, um, th- this is something that often bothers me in, in musical theater, is that typically when, you know, you go back to your high school experience, when you're looking at the students that go out for the musical theater production, typically you're going to have more girls than guys. 
right? Most young women are want to be on stage, or not most, but a lot, there's a lot more to choose from for women than there are for men. And yet so many stage shows that are chosen for high school productions are like Guys and Dolls, How to Succeed in Business, where it's like 90% male roles and then two female parts. And you know, again, Maybe I'm just making a lot of pitches for for Christmas at at the square, but that's one thing you can say for this: a lot a lot more female parts than men. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, which was nice. Yeah. Uh, the next thing is our sprinkle sound effect, which is typically a like wind chimey sound that gets used a lot to signify magic or the season. We get it a couple of times here. The opening, uh, I, I turn the subtitles on when I watch, and the opening subtitle is Ethereal Tinkling, because yes. it's that magical tinkling. <laughs> and then pretty much any time Dolly Parton does anything, like, they, they add that sound effect. Uh, and that includes my favorite, which is when she, like, does a sort of finger wave at the preacher's wife at wife's belly, which, I mean, she had to impregnate her, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, she gets a lot of that sound effect, but and <laughs> even with the visual cue of like the sparkles going everywhere, like when you said sparkle sound effect, I was like, okay, I think I know what that is. But then when they add the visual cues to it, I'm like, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, this has to be what Emily's talking about. Now, in fairness, I wouldn't be surprised if that is like what Dolly Parton sounds like when she farts. Yeah. Like that it is just part of like she's that magical that when she sneezes, it's actually that sound. So. A little glitter coming mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm, every yeah. time. Uh, the careful balance of red and green, usually in costumes. I feel like we don't get it so much in costumes, but the opening credits do make a point of being in blood red and evergreen. So <laughs> I think that works just as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last thing is baking and actors' inability to act with fake food or to hold a coffee cup that is not full of coffee. And I don't know if you clocked food in this movie, but I feel like nobody eats at all. I was looking for it and I didn't see anybody eating. I did see coffee going on, but it Hmm. seemed like people were able to handle those coffee cups pretty well. You know, it's Netflix, so they might have actually splurged and filled up their cups. Right. If this was HBO Max, for sure they would have had coffee cups. They probably would have recycled the ones from... um, game of thrones yeah you'd see like a cappuccino machine in the back with the starbucks logo totally yeah yeah um <laughs> again i have it on in the background and i just another scene just went by where a character was pure like purely, like encased in the sprinkle sound effect so it's in f- <laughs> it's in full motion here everybody if you were worried uh, so that's i mean that's all the things that that i have on my list and i i i'm gonna call this a successful uh made for tv christmas movie it's definitely a Christmas movie. <laughs> so do you recommend it? And, and and or who would you suggest should, can, must watch this movie? Oh, gosh. I would say my mom, but she hates Christians. So, <laughs> But, I mean, like, I do too, but I don't feel like, I, I don't know. I, it doesn't hurt me the way so many Christian movies do. Yeah, no, that's that's for sure. But she can't even handle like on uh, the uh, oh, what's that guy's name? Um, Murdoch from the Canadian Mystery Show. She can't even handle that. He wow. crosses himself when he runs across a corpse. Mm. Okay, that's reasonable. I like your mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she she is that much of a uh, militant nice. atheist. Good, good. Yeah. So so um, you didn't answer then. You don't think anybody should watch this movie? Is that what you're saying? Oh, God no. I think I think people who enjoy 
Christmas movies, especially semi-ironically like you do, mm. they definitely need to check this movie out. It is joyful. It is so over the top. Uh, if you have ever seen... Now, if you've ever been to Dollywood, have you, have you ever been to Dollywood? I went there, but it was so freaking busy that it was just like, uh, you know, Darn. you don't really need to be here. Let's just go on the Great Smoky Mountain Trail. Okay. It, it's a wonderful place. Um, the stage shows are great, too. Like, they are full Southern entertainment in in a good way. Like, there is talent on stage. There is great dancing. There is, you know, some, some good bluegrass and everything. And this does feel like, it's not that style of music, but it feels like it's made with that exact energy. Like, everybody in this movie, especially the supporting characters, uh, like Molly Haskell's mother, I guess. I think it's Mary Lane Haskell. Um, oh, no, Mary, Mary Lane Haskell is the, um, is the preacher's wife. Mary Donnelly Haskell plays, like, the... I don't know, like townswoman number one who just mm. always has a singing line. She gives so much to this movie <laughs> that you kind of have to admire it. Like if you've ever done community theater or watched community theater and said, good for them, this is the movie for you. I have to call out one character that I just hated and who never got his comeuppance. Ooh. Phil the mailman. This he whole... was a dick. Right? He totally. like keeps going around going, you didn't hear it from me, but, and like spreading rumors. And I was like, okay, yeah, he has to have something awful happen to him by the end of this movie. Nothing. Nothing. You're, you're really right. And like, and universally, like he's saying shit about Regina. He's saying shit about like the baker who makes figgy pudding. Like he really, yeah. Like maybe if they do a sequel, I maybe. Think he's the true villain of the movie. <gasps> I, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um, I look forward to part two, where the mailman has to learn a lesson. Ooh, and then since since he's male, like he's like a male, you know, that whole thing, they can also bring in Miracle on 34th Street somehow. There you go. And then we can add Santa Claus. Like, ooh, ooh, I know what it is. He gets a letter to Santa Claus, and he tells the whole town about it, because he's a dick. And right. then Christmas almost gets canceled because he didn't get this letter to Santa. And so he has to do that. And the whole town rallies around him to help. And he learns that he shouldn't be such such an asshole. That sounds great. But Sell there's going to be a lot of music along the way. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm so into this. We should end so that I can write this treatment. Mike, okay. where do people find you? Where do they find um, you covering the next uh, Christmas on the Square 2 more squared where do, where do they find that christmas squared yes yeah, so you can find me over at the projection booth podcast which is projectionboothpodcast.com i do a couple other podcasts too i talk about uh twilight zone 1985 at uh, dreams for sale and also doing a podcast about uh rankin bass specials nice so called Rankin on Bass, and then also do a Barney Miller podcast called The Life and Times of Captain Barney Miller. It's a, it's a mouthful, but it's worth it. Very nice, very nice. Uh, with that being said, thank you so much for joining us, and we will everybody follow Mike. And most importantly, the other thing we all learned from this movie that Dolly ends the movie screaming at us, Mike, light your light. You got it.
Someone. 